0: Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode. Hey, everybody. Great episode. Like, it's a very interesting deep dive into something that I don't think a lot of people think about for two reasons. One, because, and we said this a bunch in the episode, DevRel Ops, Community Ops, really depends on the size of your team, and you definitely have to have a larger team to have someone in that role. But also because even when your team is larger, people often forget the people who are behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And I think it's an interesting thing because when I first. Advocates and myself and her. And honestly, part of the reason why I brought her on that early instead of waiting until we were a bigger team is because. As a manager, I was responsible for those individuals and their career development and progression, mm-hmm. as well as the strategy for the team, because the team, the function hadn't existed previously at Kamunda, and then also prepping to hire. And so being able to, to sit here and go, okay, hang on, we need um, an onboarding plan. We need team documentation. We need uh meetings scheduled and tools decided on and all of these other things like doing that plus the current people management plus the hiring plus the strategy was two jobs and right oh hard. absolutely absolutely and um, so it was it was an interesting progression though because as we got through that first you know few months where she took a lot of work off my plate there were a couple times where and i think it was fair for her she'd kind of go okay but like these projects are wrapping up like." do I still have a job? What happens next? (laughs) Like when I'm working myself out of a job because I'm making everyone more efficient, like what's the next step? How does that
0: work? Yeah. Well, I I think it's interesting though, because it was also like, I I remember in the early days of DevRel, again, before it was ever called DevRel, but thinking to myself like, Hey, my main job is to create content and speak at conferences. Well, come, you know, the first of November until the beginning of March, conferences kind of end because that was true at that point right
1: yeah. not really true anymore
0: yeah. but but like mm-hmm. think of like okay so what what do I, do I do i mean i can only write so many blog posts right. before that gets you know obnoxious to everyone who's supposed to be reading them but uh yeah. like you yeah. know where where does it all fit in and i think that that's kind of the stage that devrel Ops is in now like okay mm-hmm. so if i build this and i make this easier for everyone am I building myself out of a job and what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And please, yeah. please give me some sort of metric that I can show and wave a banner mm-hmm. and say, look, this is what I do everyone. Um, yeah. And I imagine yeah. it's going to be even more as you go each layer down, each layer deeper, I shouldn't say down because that's dismissive mm-hmm. but each layer deeper. It's going to be more and more difficult to prove the value of something, especially yeah. when a lot of companies, especially the larger companies still only see the value in the old way of doing things like, Oh, well, you know, middle mm-hmm. management is where it's at. It's like, yeah, right. that's not even right. people's goals anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the fascinating things is that and I learned this I think right along with Danielle that like as as she would automate things, as she would build out new processes, it's it's that idea of like hey, you know, I fixed this one pain point, physical pain like wait why why do i have a headache now it's like oh well because <laughs> the headache was already there i just didn't know it right. because this other body part hurt too much right mm-hmm. and so it's that idea of like okay i might not know what your next project is going to be i might not be able to predict at the beginning of this quarter what you're going to be working on next quarter but i know that there will be things to do and so it's that interesting limbo and little bit of job and not little bit, a lot of job insecurity of like, <laughs> yes, there will always be things we can do better. There will always be things that we could do differently. Let's make sure that we're doing that. But that comfort level is, is difficult to sustain sometimes.
0: Absolutely. and And in some ways I think it's kind of like, Building a house or like owning a house, really. It's like, okay, cool. So I fixed the front door. Well, now I've got to fix the bathroom door. Oh, the doorbell's broken. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's this. There's always right. something to do. But it's like knowing mm-hmm. what the, you'll never know what the next thing to do is. Yes. And I think that yeah. kind of takes it into like DevRel ops in some ways. And I wanted to bring this up in the episode, but there's so many things to talk about as are usually mm-hmm. are. Um, it almost seems like DevRel ops is in some ways another form of internal devrel. Mm-hmm. where you know mm-hmm. the, you're taking off the need to explain the metrics and things of the team from uh, the team to this role mm-hmm. so they can focus mm-hmm. on doing the things that actually make the metrics happen yes um, yes in and, and, and that way you are explaining no i'm here to defend the the life of the devrel team i'm here to explain to you why are here to explain to you why they're doing so they can keep doing mm-hmm. what they're doing and i I, yeah. I wonder how many of our listeners please feel free to respond to us on uh whatever social media or format you like, how much you would love such a thing.
1: Yes. Yes. And one of the things that I think for me as a manager that I've had to adjust to is that idea that like, I don't have to be doing all of that myself. Mm -hmm. And I, if, I don't know if my manager listens to this or not, but we had a conversation (laughs) a few months ago where I was like, um, so if that's no longer on my plate and this is no longer on my plate and I have someone else doing these things like what is my role and he was like Mm -hmm. uh you manage like you do people management of the team and you do the strategic future of the function like that's your job and I'm like well yeah but like those things are my job and all of the efficiency stuff and all of the documentation stuff Mm. and making sure that everyone's happy and all of these things. He was like, no, (laughs) like those things, those things were actually never
0: part of your job. They had to be done. They were never part of your job.
1: Yes. And so I've had to like make that mental adjustment of like, look I having someone on my team who I can depend on to do those things take so much work and energy and mental overhead off of my plate that I'm actually able to be better at the work that I'm paid to do. (laughs) So like, I don't need to feel guilty that, you know I'm not the person that's updating our our internal handbook with all of the processes for the team. Because frankly, I, I don't necessarily have time to do that but I have someone who's responsible for it who can take that on, right? And so it's, it's been an adjustment, but I think it's, it's a huge, uh, freeing up of resources on my side. And that's another way that, you know, David asked during the episode, like, how do you measure the success? And that's part of it. Like, am I free to be able to do my job, my role Mm -hmm. as best as I possibly can? Is my team available to do that as best as they possibly can? Like, Let's make sure that this works in the, the best way possible.
0: And, and it seems, I mean, it seems I, I, I'm making a huge assumption here, but it seems like you are having a lot of success with having, uh, having Danielle as a part of your
1: team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally recruited her once I joined Kamunda. I was like, I, I need <laughs> someone like this. Here's the job description. By the way, I know exactly who I want. Can we just hire her? <laughs>
0: can, can we wait? We could talk about process, but let's just beat through all that and tell you right now that's
1: what this is who I want. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a huge, a huge help. And, you know, like she said, she's transitioned into a slightly different focus now where she's not running the the automations and things for the team. But again, we got them, she got them to a point where they were functioning well enough that we kind of went, okay, like, the team is stable for a while we're not adding a whole bunch of people we know what our goals are we know what we're focused on these processes are working really well like Doesn't we need someone doing the data side of things and that's the direction that you were heading in already thank you for getting us here and and now let's let's find the thing that you're passionate about to pursue next which i think is of course, a, a privilege. And I'm so glad that we were able to do that. But I think mm-hmm. also a, a sign of success, right. That like we've, we've hit a point where we don't necessarily need someone to own that stuff on a full-time job basis, which is okay.
0: Yeah. But I mean, but it's also, yeah, like it, it and it feeds back into she she's grown into something else. And I feel like David is kind of the same way coming out of the, a different background. he, Mm-hmm. Knew all the logistics of how to run DevRel operations because he had been doing mm-hmm. it for himself mm-hmm. for so long. It was easy right. for him to say, like, "Yeah, I know CFPs," and yeah, we were yeah. talking a little bit after after the episode about bios and things. He's like, "Oh, I realized my bios and paper call." And of course, he knows how to use paper call because that's what he used to do, and that was the common yeah. thing. And if he needed to, he still could. So I think mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to see, like, you know, it's kind of like we had two people who are from two very different approaches. One yeah. is like I never want to be on stage or do that, but I understand organization. Another is like I understand the organization because I've already been on stage.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think again, it's one of those uh, interesting examples of you can really wind up in DevRel from pretty much any industry, right? From a performance standpoint, from an engineering standpoint, from a communication standpoint, from a customer service standpoint.
0: Mm -hmm. From a retail
1: standpoint, like there's so many different paths to get here and that's good. And there's there's
0: also, we've talked about this before. There's also so much to do in DevRel and this episode really Mm -hmm. exemplified that there's so much to do in DevRel that we almost like DevRel is not a very good term for, for the umbrella Mm -hmm. of what Mm -hmm. we do. Um, And I think it it actually turns people off, off to it a lot. They're like, well, I'm not a developer. It's like, well that that's not the only skill set here. That's not the only thing that helps. You need a a wide variety of backgrounds. Otherwise you'll Mm -hmm. get what happened Mm -hmm. before Devro, which is a bunch of white dudes in an echo chamber going, well, I think we know it's best. We're the engineers. (laughs) Right. Right. Um,
1: And I think that's one of the awesome things that I really love about how all of these different roles are bringing all of those different people and perspectives together because we're getting a more, diverse representation of people in the sense of backgrounds and experiences and scale of, of technical ability. Right. And you've got, you know, someone like David who has been a a software developer and software engineer for years Mm -hmm. and someone like Danielle who, and I will say this again, I say this to her (laughs) all the time. I'm so glad you mentioned it in the, in the episode who says that she's not technical, but like, is then in the next sentence talking about, okay, well, if I could figure out the webhooks for this tool, blah, blah, right. blah. Right, yeah, blah, like, no, that was, no, yeah. No, 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 who's literally
0: not technical would not know <laughs> what hooks are.
1: Just saying, right. hashtag right. just saying. But I think it's that perspective of like, oh, well, I'm not, but I'm not those people. And recognizing right. that everyone can bring value and someone like her who is so like, how do I make this more efficient? How do I make this more effective? How do I use my, my organization skills to make this better is a huge asset to the team. And I think it's just a, a really fantastic representation of when you bring people in with different experience levels, different backgrounds, different uh, skills that you really better the entire community the entire team mm-hmm. the entire company as a whole the entire
0: ecosystem the entire ecosystem yeah really. and I, yeah. I think that's that's a probably a good place to end it um i think that the, the takeaway from this particular actor policy is hire dev folks um mm-hmm. tell your bosses refer them to this episode refer them to the main episode hire dev yeah. it's going to be so helpful for you you'll really benefit
1: from yeah it. yeah and then come back in three years when we revisit hey how how is this changed what is how is it going? what is the new definition of it <laughs>
0: <laughs> what does it all mean? the the, the final episode of, of, of this of the community pulse will be. What so what does it all mean?
1: There In summation. Go. I love it. With your host. <laughs>
0: but for now, we'll stop here. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thangwall, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Falk learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on twitter we'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time on-